This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So today I'm speaking with Daniel Yearwood, who has been seen on Broadway in Inc. and Once on this Island. He is currently playing the dual roles of John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton in the Broadway production of Hamilton. Welcome, Daniel. It's great to be here. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for you know taking the time in the midst of all of this to to really have an opportunity to connect. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to to be here and you know thank you for everything that you've done and all you're going to continue to do with, with this uh, this podcast. Thank you so much, Daniel. I'm truly grateful for the opportunity to spend this time together and just, you know, to sit back and learn a little bit more about you and where you're coming from energetically. Let's get to it. Yeah. So when I started this podcast, it was all in the context of, um, you know, the, the, the overarching global pandemic. And so with your permission, I'd like to jump right in with a question about that. Do you remember like the, the moment on March 12th, I guess it was when you found out that Broadway was shutting down? Yep. Uh, funny story. We, I'm a huge sports fanatic. And the night before, it was Wednesday, we were doing our second show on a two-show day. And it was like middle of act two. I saw a notification saying that the NBA had shut down. And I was like, oh, snap. This is, this is real. This is, I mean, obviously it was real to begin with, but it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be, you know, something that's going to overtake multiple industries. And so I had predicted we'd probably be at the theater through Friday. We wouldn't see the weekend of shows, you know, there was a little bit of a light joking about it. And the following day, I was like on en route to the city so I could go work out at the gym before the show that night. And on my way downtown, I was like, we got an email saying, don't come to the theater, obviously paraphrasing, don't come to the theater, we're not having a show tonight, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was difficult. I. I, um, I think I've put a lot of eggs into this basket and in terms of finding joy, finding light, you know, I've been very blessed to kind of be in shows back to back to back to back. So it's just, a, I'm not saying that it was quite a burnout situation, but emotionally it was like, okay, now what, mm. um, you know, what, what do I do to fill up the time? And obviously we had this perspective goal of, you know, in the following weeks, June 8th being, you know, a quote unquote reopening um, or resume to the show, but that's, that did not happen. And, you know, now we're, we're aiming for September and there's also a lot of, you know, it's not clear. There's no clarity and that's yeah. a hard place to be in, but it's also okay. Um, I'm learning a lot about what it is to stay in the boat, understand the storm is what the storm is going to be. And um, if I capsize a couple of times, it's okay, because I also know I'm a huge geek. Physics-wise, the boat will turn back over, and you just got to keep rowing. You got to keep rowing um, through the thick and the thin. So, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, he I'm hearing that when it, when it happened, you know, it was sort of in the ether. You kind of had a sense that stuff was going on, so it wasn't, you weren't totally blindsided. Oh, it was, it was weird and surreal. I mean, we'd be doing the show, and it's like, you know, obviously you don't want to break the fourth wall. And there are times where luckily in our show, we get a chance to, but we'd look out. It's just like sea of masks. I'd be remiss to say that 
it wasn't on our minds, or at least my mind, while yeah. doing like that week of shows. Because by then it had been a couple of weeks since you know the talks of COVID had been a thing. Yeah. Uh, so you know that preoccupied my mind, and it, it kind of pervaded not the entire experience of the show, but like over the next couple of weeks as you know talks continued and we were learning more and more about it. It was like, all right, this is clearly not going away, and it shook me. Right. The blessing of this is there's been a lot of time, so a lot of relationships and friendships <laughs> to catch up on, you know, lost relationships, uh, oh, yeah. getting in touch with people who I haven't spoken to in years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it be a FaceTime or a phone call, you know, the, the contact, the connection is really, really helpful, um, especially with what we do. Yeah. Our lives are connecting. And I mean, I, I'm someone who is still going through his own process you know, of, of self-care, redefining self-worth. And uh, uh, the first, you know, couple of weeks were, were really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had to go through what I needed to go through. And it, it took weeks, really, um, until I allowed myself to really just sit still and be alone with my own thoughts. I'm a huge gamer, love video games. And so, for me, I was constantly stimulating myself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I always had something in life yep. to stimulate me, you know, externally. There was always something that I could dedicate my time, my effort to. And when all that ceased, it was like, well, to sit alone with my thoughts, <laughs> how preposterous. It was scary. You know, that's, that's my honest truth. And when I finally did, you know, it felt like the weight of the world was lifted off of me. I mean, it, it, it ended and, and ultimately led to me, you know, just head between my legs, bawling for like 40 minutes. But, you know, I'd gone like six or seven days without touching my console. And it was like, okay, everything's catching up. And it wasn't just like the pandemic. It was like years wow. of stuff that because I had not really taken the time to care for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the ironic thing is, is like when we look at the craft, when we look at what we do in life, so much of it is about bringing our complete selves to mm-hmm. whoever it is that we're playing. And I, uh, I'd always joked around, I said, but I'm kind of like a chameleon. I will adapt and be who I need to be whenever I need to be a certain place or with certain people. And I just turned 25 this past week. And I think that there's a shift that I'm, I'm trying to make in my own life of how do I define who I am and then stay true to that person in every aspect, in every, every walk of life so that there is an essence of the truest, most raw form of me in whatever it is that I do. Um, you know, I'll never forget, just as an anecdote, I had been in for Hamilton a couple of times um, and I had been in the room before and every time there was a sense of, all right, how do I placate and please the creators in the room? Always paying attention to them rather than the floor, understanding spacing, you know, trying to calculate the best way to book the job. And the last time right before I entered boot camp, that I auditioned, I remember for the first time being like, literally, they do not matter. You know, all respect to Andy, Steph, Michael, you know, I love them, but it was like, this is not for them or about them. This is about the community of artists on this floor that are going to tell the story. 
um, you know, I think there's an enamor with booking the job, you know, getting the dream. And it is so, so valid. And it's, you know, it, it drives so many of us. But I think that unless the story and, and serving the story is at the, the foremost or most foreground area, it, it, it kind of can get muddled. Um, and I believe I booked, you know, boot camp that day because I was literally just telling the story. The mirror didn't matter. Me in the mirror the only mattered for spacing. It was like, great, you have this amount of space, but it's about the six dancers that you're with. How do you engage in a way that tells the story? And likewise, when I finally booked Lawrence Phillip, I, I had seen some of these creatives before in rooms, some of which I met during boot camp, but it was like, okay, I've crafted and decided who I'm going to be, and I'm not going to try to gauge whether you like it or not. And you can see them and how they're reacting. And there are times where it's like trying to remain locked in can be a lot harder than others. And not only was I locked in, but it was like, I'm making these choices and I'm not going to question them as I'm making them. And I walked out going, okay, I don't know if I booked it. I don't. I do know that I committed. There was no level of like, I, I don't know what to do or please help me because I want to get it right. Yep. Um, so much of what we do is so subjective. Yeah, and that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. So it sounds yeah. to me like when you were able to approach you know, your performance or your audition or your conversation or whatever it might be, but in that case, you know, when you're in the room where it happens, <laughs> <laughs> and you went into that space of how you can honor no matter what happens when you walk out of that door you're going to feel good about yourself mm. yeah, i think it's it's so much about the the changing of the how you conceive and perceive the environment that you're in you know so much of what we we go through is really in our own heads yeah um, well, absolutely what what would you say is your definition of living in the moment mm. You know, it's funny you ask, as a person, uh, in my everyday life, you know, I, I suffer extremely from anxiety. Social anxiety is a huge one. Um, and for so long, I felt like I had to find other ways to slow my brain down in order to stay in the moment. I, I know what it is conceptually to be in the moment. It's, it's you know letting yourself be open to and then react honestly to the stimulus or stimuli around you um listening you know i think it's a lost form <laughs> especially in musical theater um, <laughs> you know we break out into song and dance out of nowhere it's like were we listening who can say um <laughs> it really is such an interesting dynamic where I believe that being in the moment is, is really about being receptive. You know, uh, it's about truly allowing yourself to experience whatever it is that's going on. And some people are better at living in the moment than others. I know I have a lot of work to do in myself in order to be able to stay completely in a moment without my mind wandering 80 different places. The moment we allow that, I, I think that it, it creates and holds space for community, for uh, trust, for 
for dynamics that are, are they go beyond the superficial. Small talk is great. I'm I'm not a superficial guy really. I I I love the nitty gritty. I love the truth. I love being vulnerable. I love you know getting to a place where I can share my heart and also experience someone else's heart and and we can have two completely different experiences on life you know uh, in the season that we're going through right now and what we're seeing in the world it's like i truly believe that there are some things that absolutely we cannot disagree on you know morality humanity there are things that i think are staples but i can understand and meet you where you're at especially if you're honest with me and I would hope that it's vice versa. But really being in the moment, I think requires, you know, we got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm. Listening. How true would you say it is that that moment you described for yourself when you, you know, when you finally allowed yourself to, you know, process and be alone and not be on your games and actually really, you know, be where you were and you described that moment where you had your head in your knees and you were crying. How true is it that that for you was an in the moment kind of moment? I mean, that was such an in the moment experience because it felt like it was the only moment that my mind and body needed right then and there. We think about life as living moment to moment, but in reality, there are some of us who are living eight, 10, 12 moments ahead or stuck eight, 10, 12 moments behind. And I think that uh, the moment we allow ourselves to breathe and, and let ourselves feel and experience what's happening literally moment to moment, it, it allows for us to then move in a more clear way for ourselves. Um, I came across something you said on, on your social feed that really stood out for me. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to share it with my listeners. Go for it. Okay. So I, I read, I first saw Hamilton November 5th, 2015. November 5th, 2019, this journey began. Tonight, I debut as Lawrence Phillip on Broadway. Graduation, in air quotes, <laughs> ain't nothing but a marker. The learning never ends. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my really close friends, Cody Baum, she took me to see Hamilton in 2015. And... By that point, you know, I was already a super fan. If you went to school with me, you know how annoying, incessantly annoying I was rapping literally the entire show top to bottom as often as I could. Um, and I, I remember seeing it and thinking, this is the most incredible piece of theater I've ever seen in my entire life. I go to that theater every day and I'm like, I'm walking in the footsteps of giants, you know, who have walked this stage and it's an amazing thing, but that's, you know, I get to learn who I am on that stage. It, it had been an interesting experience. You know, um, there was a door where I was offered to walk through and accept a different track on a different tour. And I said no. And I thought that that would be the end of my Hamilton experience forever. It was like, no one says no to Hamilton. <laughs> well, and, you did though. And that's interesting. If it's okay with you, I'd love to stop there. I'm, I'm curious to know what value of yours what were you honoring by saying no? Because I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure it was a difficult decision. I had received a phone call about Hamilton and Peggy tour 10 minutes before I received the phone call about 
being cast in Once on the Silent on Broadway. Mm. And so it, that day, I'll never forget. I, I don't know if I cried it as many tears. It was kind of a weird double whammy and overwhelming, like, whoa, okay, Lord, thank you. <laughs> I don't know, what, what do I do? So, you know, if I wanted to go down other lanes, if I wanted to possibly explore TV film, if I wanted to do anything to move on that momentum, leaving would have kind of taken me away from that. Saying no was most difficult for me because of the value that was placed on it by my family, specifically my father. And I love him, love him to the end of the earth. Um, but Hamilton had been my ultimate goal, you know, my peak, quote unquote, right, right. the stream. And so that was the hardest conversation to have. It's not only in reach, it's in the palm of my hand and I need to let it go because right now I maybe don't think it's the right one. Yeah. And, you know, uh, my grandmother, she suffers from dementia and she's, she's near the end. Um, she's actually hung on significantly longer than we, we had thought. And, um, mm -hmm. and when I finally booked it, it was like, you know, I got a chance to let her know, you know, not only did it happen, but it's happening in the greatest city in the world. It's happening on the stage where the saga began and I get a chance to be a part of history at the Richard Rogers. Mm -hmm. um, funny story. I, I got a chance to be in, in the Heights. It was a Kipps Bay production that was done in 2013. It was technically the first regional production done uh, with a bunch of youth, a bunch of kids and, and young adults. And we did the whole show fully staged. Uh, you know, Lynn came to the show, Lynn, Tommy. And, oh, no kidding. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Sherman, they came to the show. That show, without that show, I don't know if I would have done theater. You know, I my first show was Thoroughly Modern Millie, and I love dancing, tap dancing. But it was the first time I was like, oh, maybe I have a shot at this. I have a shot at making it because there is visibility. There, there, there is a place for me in this world. Mm. Um, because prior to that, it was like, you know, I might have a shot, but it's like, you got those two tracks in every show because those are the only two tracks for people of color so mm. you make it or you don't um, um a lot of people said hamilton has solved the problem and yeah. <laughs> out and if it's not a show revolving a black person a la donna summer tina turner mm. you know i think west side story is the only other show with the similar level of diversity on Broadway right now. You know, I, I've had to reconcile with myself a lot of times where I've swept under the rug certain mm -hmm. mild offenses or not so mild offenses or, you know, microaggressions, macroaggressions, where it's like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm taught from such an early age that this is the world that I live in. And it's like, yeah, that's the way the world is, but it's not the way the world has to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes both sides really all sides i don't, I don't want to make it a, a polarity thing of one versus the other but no. all sides all races all faces all genders all sexes all non-conforming like everybody needs to be on the same page about the human experience being what the human experience is mm -hmm. at the end of the day this is about storytelling and it's about connecting the really as you pointed out like amazing opportunity right now with this intersection of the pandemic 
which stopped the world, and now the civil rights moment that has us all listening. And the parallel with Hamilton. The, the parallels, it's Lawrence was on fire and was so, in I guess what you would call in that time, progressive, where he was really about how do we change and grow as a country mm-hmm. because we don't want to be the same country from which we ran away from. This country, <laughs> people from England left England because they felt that they were being oppressed, that their rights were being infringed upon, started a new country, and then Lawrence was like, great. Once we finally earn our freedom, how do we maintain freedom for all of us? You know, there's a line in the show at the end of Yorktown. Lawrence is the only one who asks the question about all. You know, black and white soldiers wonder alike if this really means freedom. Are all of us truly free? And Washington responds, not yet. So often as kids were taught, you're not supposed to cry. You got to hold it in. You got to be a man. You got to hold it together. And it's like, no, you got to be able to share your truth and not necessarily with everybody, but you got to be able to live in that truth, confident. I think In the Heights was so brilliant Mm. because, I mean, finale, I'll listen to it and I'm wrecked every time. I will Mm -hmm. cry every single time because you've spent an hour and a half, almost two hours watching people who don't necessarily look like you they remind you of people who you know and you've lived with. Absolutely. And remind you of home. And it's one word. You know, in the finale, the ensemble is singing home over and over oh. again. This, this essence of home. Mm-hmm. We all feel it. We all, we all feel it. No, absolutely. Listen, I'm going to ask you a couple more things. Oh, my God, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I've had a wonderful time. Thank you. Seriously. Oh, it's been no, really. I, I just love, I love speaking with you. Um, you know, if it's okay with you, just kind of heading back to the idea of, um, of the moment and the idea that, you know, especially today, you know, we're all facing uncertainty, right? But we mm-hmm. are, as we were saying, like at choice around how we choose to feel about each moment, right? How much energy would you say you spend worrying about what you can't control? The honest answer is too much. Um, and, you know, that, that's part of my journey right now. I believe that this time is going to grace me with. Mm-hmm. It's going to grace me with the stillness. You know, um, I'm headed up to Maine in two days. And while up there, I'll, I'll be in the mountains on a lake where it's nothing but loons <laughs> uh, and swaying pine trees. Yeah. It really will afford me the opportunity to just reevaluate how much energy, not necessarily that I have put, but how I look forward in terms of how I choose mm-hmm. where I put that energy. Because like I said before, like you can't form new habits unless you start doing the thing that's going to impact the change. When we talk about energy and how we spend it, mm-hmm. it, it takes being still enough to evaluate where your energy is going Yes. in order to realize either how much you spent, whether how much is too much or how little is too little. And what this is teaching me is that even when we return, I'm going to have to find those pockets of time to truly sit with myself and check in rather than just next, 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 next. Because, you know, burning out, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. The 
name for what exists in between notes when nothing needs to be played is called a rest. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more profound that is. Amazing. You know, when we think about stop time, you know, literally when you are resting, the, the rest holds time. It holds time. Exactly. Not only implies, but it encourages the concept of choice. All that is up to, you know, us as humans. Yes. How we decide to play that tune, you know. You know, what I'm learning is that we do not need to play every note or fill the page with notes constantly being played. There needs to be a time arrest in every you know other measure every third like there's gotta be moments of just the tune still going on but i gotta it's the places where there are spaces exactly and you know we we've heard this as dancers as actors musicians just because there's space doesn't mean you don't play the space Oh my God, no. You still play the space, but there's space. Because if you don't have space. space, you don't have perspective. Yep. You got a lot of noise. If you don't sit out and see what's going on or have a perspective, look from another point of view, then you are not going to be seeing what's going on. Absolutely. Mm. I'm with you on that. Um, we could talk for days. With some of my guests, um, I have just, just so our, our listeners can know, I have the screens on for, or they put their, they have the option of putting the screen on or not. But I love it when my guests do leave theirs on. And um, it's just, I really, and Daniel did. And just watching you speak um, and your integrity and your, um, you know, your, your absolute sort of honesty and morality is just shines through it was just absolutely beautiful and i really i really appreciate you you being here and being so open with me thank you for having me you know i think i might have said earlier in our conversation prior to the start of this but this season it affords some of us to connect some of us have lived in isolation and i mean a good portion of this i was you know kind of sticking to myself so i'm grateful that after you know it's been a minute since you've gotten a chance to catch up but it's, it's beautiful to hear your voice to see your face um and and to commune with you you know so i'm grateful for you thank you for having me thank you and listen before we say goodbye i do like to ask all my guests hmm. what are the top three things that happened so far today could be little things could be a shower could be a i woke up this morning yes. i had breath in my lungs that's that's number one <laughs> Um, number two, this, this podcast, this opportunity to sit and, and truly experience each other, you know, in a way that we haven't necessarily gotten the chance to, you know, we, we've worked, you know, professionally, we've gotten a chance to collaborate, but like, we haven't gotten a chance to sit down and, and really talk nitty gritty. And to be very frank, I can't wait to catch up so that we can kind of flip the script. Like, so I can't wait for that. And then, um, number three, I, I called my mom this morning. Yay. She she just turned thirty eight. That's not a real age, but you know she just turned. 30. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, she's my age. I just can't. <laughs> uh, she just looked a day over, but um, she she just had a birthday, and you know, spending time with her. My parents divorced in oh nine. They were separated in oh four, and so when they divorced, I was already I was in my freshman year of high school. And, you know, my mom did the single th single mom thing for almost a decade. And to watch how resilient she's been and how 
compassionate, how loving she's been in the midst of everything. There isn't, there isn't a day that goes by where I'm not grateful for the fact that I know she's always interceding. She's praying for me. She's always looking for ways to encourage me. And it's, I, I had my season where I wanted to kind of just do my own thing. And yet she was always there, always willing and ready. And it's, as I'm growing older, I take that less and less for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, you know, I've been graced with that blessing. That's also something that not everybody gets. And so the more and more I spend time just like thinking about her and, and I'm, I'm going to be a lot better this year. You know, I'm going to call, you know, more than like (laughs) three times a month, like, like actually, you know, connect because though I'm growing into my own young man, I can be, 50 and she will still be my mother absolutely and you will still be her little one i'll always be a little one (laughs) listen daniel thank you again for taking the time to be in the moment with me and for sharing your story thank you for having me in music stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison supporting the soloist to express their individuality In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.